My mum will never, ever let me forget the day I was in Western Supermare and there was arcades and there was like dodgems and things like that. And there was something stuck to the bottom of my shoe and I couldn't get rid of it. And I thought it was chewing gum. And I was like, oh no. And then I looked and it was a five pound note. Guten Tag, bonjour, and welcome to Fun Kids Meets. This is the podcast where we meet excellent, interesting, and amazing people. And joining us for interestingness and amazingness is good friend of the podcast, your pal and my pal, it's Bex. Aloha. Hello. So I took all of the words for good, hello. <laughs> just feel, I'm just feeling geographical. That this week I really enjoyed it but as you were saying it, I was like what word can I say and then I realised <laughs> I don't know any of the languages so that's, that was me aloha that, how you doing Sean you got us to know the panic which would have been going through Bex's brain at that stage though. do you know who doesn't inspire panic but just inspires nothing but joy uh, I want to <laughs> say me but I don't think that's the answer guess again Oh, is it this week's guest? It's this week's guest. It's Danny Wallace. <laughs> Danny Wallace, who no I have now spoken to more times than I've spoken to some members of my family. He is so lovely and so kind, and he has released a brand new kids book. That is always a good day when a new Danny Wallace book drops. They they are amongst my favourite of of the from the kids book world are the Danny Wallace books, and uh, the new one is called The Luckiest Kid in the World. Yes, yeah, so the luckiest kid in the world. It's about a kid called Joe, who is 10 years old, Joe Smith. He's 10, and he is found out to be the most average boy in the UK. Like, he's the most average person. He's 10. He lives with his mum and dad and his little sister. They live in a boring, normal house, boring, normal street. His opinions and his preferences are pretty standard. And then suddenly, because he's so average, he becomes special. People want his opinion on everything because they think if he's the most normal person out there, he could help us sell more stuff and appeal to more people. So suddenly he goes from having just a normal life to having loads of gifts and treats thrown his way. It sounds like, Beg, so that would be the dream of every average Joe. No pun intended. Out oh, there. my goodness. It was, yeah, I mean, that is the thing, isn't it? Like, that is the dream to have all of these gifts thrown at you. Um, one question I did ask Danny, which you can hear the answer to, is uh, what is the luckiest you've ever been, Danny? Ooh, that's and a good I want question. to ask you this question as well, Sean. What's the luckiest thing that's ever happened to you? Oh, God, that is a question, isn't it? Mm. Um, the luckiest thing that has ever happened to it's me. Tricky. Oh, it's a tricky one. I wish I had something witty to say. Yeah, or just any spot there. Or just any. I mean, I feel like the fact that I have no stories ready means that maybe I'm just not a very lucky person. (laughs) Or maybe you just you're you're full of good luck and you don't realise it because you're just so used to having good luck. (laughs) Right, I've got a really naff answer, but I did feel very lucky, and there's going to be some people listening who are going to feel me here. But I did find a shiny Pokemon yesterday (laughs) in my Pokemon game, and they are very, very rare. That counts. That's great. That's a yeah. lucky thing to happen to you. It was a it was a shiny Mr. Mime, and Mr. Mime is one of my favourite Pokemon. And finding a shiny one is very very rare. So that was that was a big moment. That was a big moment. That was lucky. Well, I wouldn't say it's the luckiest I've ever been in my entire life. Was just the best luck but I've in, had is finding a shiny Mr. Mime in recent memory. But this this week, that is the luckiest thing that's happened to me. Look, take that joy where you can. I mean, yeah, absolutely. So that's a question that you can listen out. Uh, Danny answered that one for me as well. And uh, yeah, we had a lovely old chat. Like I say, Danny is is not just friend of the show. He's like literally family of the show now. Um, (laughs) So we got to talk about his new book. And I think his series of books that he's got with uh, Gemma Coral, who's the illustrator, are ongoing. I reckon he'll have a few more books on the way in the next few years. So hopefully we'll chat to him again quite a lot more. Great news. Right, let's hear it then. Uh, This is Bex's chat with... 
family of the podcast, Danny Wallace. I am joined right now by Danny Wallace. I feel like I don't even need to introduce you, Danny. You're like my BFF. We're all good. Exactly. Why even introduce me? Just, just don't even, let's not mention me, anything I do. I'll just no. start talking. We'll just have a lovely chat and people can pick up while you're here as we go exactly. along, I guess. Yes, um, exactly. I think I've interviewed you more times than anybody else on Fun Kids, and I'm thrilled <laughs> that I can give you that honour in general. Um, oh, and it's because you, you keep writing really good books, Danny. That's the thing. Well, I do try. Um, and uh, I'm pleased. You know, I love Fun Kids. I've been listening for, for, for many years now. Probably more years than I'd listen to almost any other station. So uh, so it's a thrill to be on it again. Oh, well, I'm so glad you're back. And you've uh, kind of created and put out into the world uh, The Luckiest Kid in the World, which is a really funny new book. Um, and it stars Joe, who I was going to call Average Joe, but that seems a bit cruel to him, really, because that's not who he is. Well, exactly. And yet it is in a weird way. He's Joe is an average 10-year-old boy and nothing is wrong with that whatsoever until he wins a competition and he did not enter this competition. He did not want to enter this competition. He'd never heard of this competition, but he wins it. And he is named the most average child in Britain. And he doesn't really know how to think about that, uh, you know, at the start, but he gets a nice medal and some attention and it's something to kind of tell people about. It's quite, it's quite nice. And then he starts to get kind of the spoils, which means, you know, um, he, he starts to get things delivered to his house, free toys and maybe the odd hamburger and a video games truck turns up. And all these people just want to know what the average kid makes of their stuff. Is our toy good enough? What do you think of this new water park? Would you like to come to this massive, amazing restaurant and just eat as many incredible hamburgers and hot dogs and pizzas and chicken nuggets as you can possibly fit in your average tummy? And if so, just tell us what you think. Because suddenly he finds himself having to sort of give advice because he is the average kid. So everyone wants his opinion on everything. And that starts to get a bit annoying for poor Joe. Um, you know, he, he gets a bit self-important maybe because he starts to realise that his advice kind of really matters to everybody. But then he starts to think, is anyone really average? We've all got strange little things about us. We've all got weird little quirks. We've all got something very special about us. And he starts to worry that maybe that's getting lost um, along the way somewhere. As you mentioned, he does get a little bit self-important, a bit pompous, because how could you not? If you're being told you your opinion is the most important of all of the opinions, you're like, well, bring it on. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I would fall into that trap as well. Wouldn't you, surely? Oh, of course. And there is the, there's a, a strange thing, because the more he's told that he is the most average kid in, in the country, the more special he becomes, because he is the most average, which makes him kind of like special, which makes him less average. So he gets very sort of confused by it. And really, it has a kind of an effect on the family. It has an effect on his friendships, um, because he's getting all this stuff and, and maybe they're not. And he starts to kind of think about his old life and 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 what really is important to him. Um, because you know, you don't want every single high street to be the same. You want high streets in town to be quirky and weird and to have something special about them. And so if everything's always just the same and just kind of just just the most average, um, if every burger tastes the same, if every meal is the same, if every kid gets the same thing for Christmas. Um, well, maybe that's not the right way to do things at all. 
You are obviously entirely correct, but I won't lie. When I was reading it, a part of me was like, I would love to be able to taste test burgers and chicken nuggets. Oh, yeah. Sign me up. That's the glory of how it begins, isn't it? It's just like this incredible experience that he that he kind of goes through with, you know, getting all these like companies to kind of going, would you test out our new phone for us? Yes, please. The can dream. we can we put a video games van outside your house and you tell us what you think of these games? You won't have to go to school because this is important stuff. Well, all right then. Um, so he has, he he lives the dream for a while. And also as a kid, I know I, I personally didn't want to be normal and average. I wanted to be interesting. And of course I was normal and average. And I remember entering into the competition to get Mr. Blobby to come to my school just because I was like, but that will put me on the map. That'll make me yeah. different. That'll make me exciting. Um, so I can see what Joe's going through. Like it's pretty cool to be, to be different and to be special and to be told by grown-ups as well that you're important. Yeah. And the thing is like, everyone is right. That's the thing. Even though you didn't manage to get Mr. Blobby to come to your school, you were still, you were still Bex, you know, and here you are now doing your incredible stuff. Um, so, I don't need Mr. Know, Blobby. He, he, need he Mr. needs Blobby. me now. Exactly. Yeah. So we've all got these things and, uh, you know, none of our parents are, are average. Everyone's everyone's mum does something, you know, unusual and weird that makes her special. Everyone's dad has got something odd about him. Uh, I said, well, I say odd. I mean, you know, <laughs> special. I shouldn't say odd. Um, so we all have these unique kind of um, things about us. And um, I think that's what Joe starts to discover. You're also, you're really good at writing like family dynamics from this book and the last book and all the books previously. It, you always create lovely families that have in-jokes and kind of just the way they react to the people around them, like the street funniness and the street jokes as well. Like you're, you clearly love like writing those families. Yes, I like, um, I, I do. I've got a lovely family and I do look out for the... Uh, for the funny stuff that happens kind of in ordinary life, like you mentioned, um, street humour, uh, which is something I've noticed just people do. Um, it happens, it's mainly grown-ups, and they've got like yeah. three jokes, and they always do them. So if, if someone notices someone carrying some flowers, they'll go, oh, you shouldn't have. And everyone has to laugh a lot. Or you'll walk past someone and they're mowing their lawn, and you have to go, you can do mine next. And everyone laughs. And so it's, um, I like those little things that, well, that happen in everyday life and, and happen on the average street, but which still makes that street a great place to be and special in its own way. I won't lie though. I have found myself saying, oh, you shouldn't have when somebody else got flowers. And I was like, I yeah. hate myself. Yeah. Well, that just means you're good at street humor. That's all. That's all that means. If you see someone trip, you've got to go uh, enjoy your trip. Or if it's raining, you have to go nice weather for ducks. Oh God, it's so true. And the, the, send us a postcard from the trip. That's always, yeah. that's always a classic. <laughs> yeah. um, when you were a kid or when you were grown up, what is the luckiest thing that's ever happened to you? My mum will never, ever let me forget the day I was in Western Supermare and there was arcades and there was like dodgems and things like that. And there was something stuck to the bottom of my shoe and I couldn't get rid of it. And I thought it was chewing gum. And I was like, oh no. And then I looked and it was a five pound note. And that was my afternoon sorted. I couldn't see anyone who'd lost it. There was no one around. So I just thought, well, maybe I should, um, I'll put this to good use. And so that was dodgems and candy floss and a couple of arcades. And my mum still goes on about it now, like 35 years later. Yeah, because the ending of every good story is always, and then I found a fiver and it literally yeah. happened to you. 
ah, there's nothing better than thinking that you've got chewing gum or something on the bottom of your foot, thinking, oh, well, this is going to be a bad day. Looking, it's a fiver. Pretty good. That's a copy of the Beano and some sweets. I love that you immediately like that is going on food, that is going on things to play with, that is going on yeah, toys. That's going on that's right now. Yeah. I, I also love that your mum didn't stop you. She wasn't like, oh, maybe save it for something. She's like, yeah, fine. Just yeah, off and do absolutely, it. absolutely. It was it was pennies from heaven. Uh, you also had uh, you've got an amazing illustrator for your yeah. last two books. Um, and it's I want to say Corel. Is it Gemma Corel or Coral? I've always said Gemma Coral, but right, okay, um, we good. could say we could give her a double barrel name and call her Gemma Coral Corel, oh, and that do. way we're completely right. And she sounds very posh. Uh, she is fantastic, and she has been able to. Wh- one of the great things when you've written a book is when you work with an illustrator, um, and they then um, they put their own spin on things, and they find little jokes that maybe you hadn't spotted, or warmth, or they're able to just create that world or extend it a bit and give you new ideas as well. So she's really done that in The Luckiest Kid in the World and and they're simple drawings with loads of heart. I I have to say the vibe of your words and her drawings reminded me very much of Jacqueline Wilson and Nick Uh, Sharrett. Oh, good. It's like a really good combination, like a really lovely kind of, just you bring out the best in each other, I would say. Oh well, I'm a big fan of hers, and and um, it's always exciting when you when you get them back for the first time, and and you see, and also when you read the book to someone. And I've always noticed, like I remember when I was a kid, and someone would read a book to me, um, I would always stare at the illustration and wait for it to be explained in 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 the words. And I have that now when I read these books to my daughter and I can see she's just staring at the illustration and waiting for it to make sense. And then when it all comes together and there's that moment, it's just great. So yeah, her, her illustrations are fantastic. Oh, I love that. I do know that vibe entirely of like you're saving it all so you can like appreciate it together, like make the most yeah. of it. Yeah, totally Ex- Exactly, yeah. And do you have any more books on the go, Danny? I feel like you've always got something happening. Tell me. You've, I you've do. I do. I'm about halfway through the next one, um, so that will that will come out next year, and um, and I think Gemma's going to um, illustrate that one as well. I think um, so. Yeah, so that will be with you soon. But um, the luckiest kid in the world. I'm, I'm I'm very happy with this. It feels it feels like a really good fun one, and um, one that I think uh, or I hope um, kids will start to imagine what they would do in that situation. Oh, they definitely will. It's also just a really funny book, Danny. It's just a really fun, funny, like laugh out loud book, which is a difficult thing to get right, I think. I always remember the first time, I mean, you know, reading as a kid when I realised that these just words printed on a page could just make you laugh out loud. And um, I remember that feeling. And um, and yeah, and that's what I really hope uh, happens with, with with this book, that the parents can hear their kids in a different room laughing or that kids laugh and then want to go and tell their parents what they've just read. I mean, that's magic, isn't it? Maybe the parents are reading it on their own separately and the kids are like, what are you reading? Are yeah, you let's, let's, let's hope so. And then the kids can explain what the book means to the parent because parents are sometimes a little slower. A, a little bit dense. Uh, well, yeah. Danny, thank you so much for telling us about The Luckiest Kid in the World. And it's out right now, so everybody needs to go and grab as many copies as possible, right? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I'd be happy if there's one each, but yeah, you, you can have more than one if you like. Yeah, well, you know, one on that hand, one on another hand. It's fine. Don't <laughs> yeah. worry about it. Yeah. Um, and uh, we'll speak to you next year, I guess, if not before, Danny, for the next book. I hope so. See you <laughs> soon, Max. See you. Danny Wallace never misses, does he? Always excellent to hear from Danny. 
such a lovely man. Uh, I think one of the first people I interviewed when I came to Fun Kids because he's had kids books out for as long as I could possibly remember. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just a really nice guy. And the luckiest kid in the world is also, I've got to say, genuinely funny. Like it is a really funny laugh out loud book. I know kids and parents will love it. That is what we like to hear. Um, uh, well, Bex, we will hopefully see you very, very soon. Oh, you better believe it. I'll see you soon. Bye. She'll be back with more authors soon, folks. You can guarantee it. And if you want to guarantee the fact that your ears will enjoy those chats, then make sure you hit the follow or the subscribe button on whatever device you're listening to this podcast. Me and Bex, well, me and someone else, me and anyone. Well, I'll be back next week and I'll see you then. Goodbye. Adios. Sayonara. I'm James Stewart, and in Saving Planet Earth, I'm going to be joined by some of the world's top scientists to introduce you to some of the weird and wonderful ideas being trialled to try and save our planet. Led, of course, by your questions. Hi, James. I know that climate change is affecting our oceans. Is there anything that's being done to look after it? And one of the solutions involves dolphin poo. (laughs) This is Saving Planet Earth. Available wherever you get your podcasts.